<laughs> well, what we're going to do before we sit down is we're going to read scripture together, so I'd like us to be standing. Is that okay? You'll remember, uh, many of you will know very clearly the Bible verse that says, love the Lord your God with all... Jesus was teaching in the Sermon on the Mount on that phrase, love your neighbor. But just like this says, he says, now you have heard it said... And then he switches it around, and he puts a different twist on it. You've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you. So let's read the scripture together from Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 43 to 48, and we'll see what Jesus says. Let's go. You have heard that it's said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love is on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your father... Amen. Thank you. Let's be seated. So, part of the question coming out of that Bible verse is, okay, well, who's our neighbor? And there's a wonderful story in the Bible that teaches us who our neighbor is. So, we're going to watch this story and learn. So, who does God want us to love? Let's watch this video. One day, Jesus told a parable about a good guy from a place called Samaria, a good Samaritan, to a group of Jewish people. It all started when a Jewish expert in the law asked Jesus, what must I do to receive eternal life? Basically, he was asking, what do I have to do to be perfect? Since this guy was an expert in the law, he thought he already knew how to be perfect because he knew all the rules. He just wanted to see what Jesus would say. Of course, Jesus knew what the man was thinking, so he asked him, what is written in the law? The man said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Love him with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus answered him by telling this story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Everybody listening was Jewish, and they could probably all picture the exact road Jesus was talking about. He continued, A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. You might expect a priest, who was supposed to serve God, to help, but he didn't stop. Then Jesus said, A Levite came to the place and saw him, but he passed by on the other side too. Levites were assistants to priests, so maybe you'd expect them to help too, but he didn't stop either. Finally, Jesus said, a Samaritan came along. Remember, a Samaritan is a person from Samaria. That's near Israel, where God's family, the Jews, lived. But here's the thing, Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. In fact, nobody hearing this story would ever expect a Samaritan to help, because Samaritans and Jews couldn't stand each other. But Jesus said, when the Samaritan saw the man, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, 
He took out money and gave it to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will pay you back for any extra expense you have. Then Jesus asked, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law didn't even want to say the word Samaritan, but he admitted the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. In other words, go and love everyone, even people we don't like or people who everybody else wants to avoid. See, when we show love, we're obeying Jesus. Obeying God doesn't mean just doing what his rules say. It means loving him more than anything and showing his love to every single person that we meet. And that's the story of the Good Samaritan. So in case you missed it, here's the quick version. A man asked Jesus how to get eternal life. Jesus said, what is written in the law? The man said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Love him with all your strength and with all your mind. Jesus told a story. If you missed Jesus' story, here's the quick, quick version. A Jewish man got beat up. A priest walked by. A priest assistant passed by. A man from Samaria actually did help. That was a surprise. Jesus had taught them, we obey God when we show love. And that's part of God's story. So I need a little bit of help uh, going into one aspect of this story. So I need two people, maybe three, who don't mind just sitting and doing nothing but doing it up here. So is there anybody here who wouldn't mind, but all you have to do is sit here. All right, so I need some, some, uh, oh, Helena. All right, come on up. See a hand there, that's great. Okay. All right, and I need, uh, okay, so Jacqueline, you're the other one. So, so come down here, Helena, all the way up here, all the way up here. All right, and Jacqueline here. Okay, so Jacqueline, I'm going to give you these. All right, so can you lie down on your side? Yeah, okay. And here's a bunch of Band-Aids, okay? So which person in the, pl in the story do you think you're going to be? The man who got beat up. Okay, so just, just you know, get comfy. All right, there we go. And you're going to come over here and sit behind her as if you're helping her with her wounds. All right. The interesting thing, isn't that great? Oh, and I need one more, one more person. One more person. Okay. Uh, Travis, you come on up here, and I want you to sit right in that chair right there, because I don't need you right now, but I need you in a second. All right? Can you sit by yourself Okay. Fantastic. Sit right in that front row right there, and I'll call you up in a bit. In a bit, okay? All right. Thank you, sweetie. You're doing a good job. <laughs> okay. Now, the interesting thing about this story is something they pointed out in the video, and that is who was listening to the story. The people listening to the story were all Jewish people. And they had in their mind what was right and what was wrong and who was right and who was wrong. And so as Jesus began his story, they would have thought, oh, the poor guy, he got all beat up. That's terrible. And their empathy would have been um, sort of heightened. And then they would have heard about the priest and they would be like, huh, huh. a Jewish person. But, and then they would have heard about the Levite and they'd be like, oh, that Levite kind of probably didn't do the right thing. But then as soon as they heard the word 
these things inside of them would have come up. All of these ideas about who that person was and what they would be like, and they're like, <laughs> this is going to be the villain in our story. That's what they naturally would have thought. They would have taken a label and stuck it. I'm going to put this on your forehead, okay? If it falls off, we'll see what to do. Stuck a label on that guy. That guy, oh, well, he's this, and he's that, and he's this, because he's our enemy. That's what they would have done. He was not, they were religious as us. He's not as moral as us. He's not as good as us. And what Jesus wanted to do was to make them look past that label to what God was really like. And you know what? Some of us, we have labels that we stick on people. So Helena, can you stand up? <laughs> labels for people who we say, they're this type of person. They're that type of person. Hmm. They're not like me. This person, they're different than me. They have different values than me. This person, they dress different than me. They look different than me. They behave different than me. All because of how they look and what they're called. I'm going to put all sorts of things that will keep me far away from this person. Because they have a label. That's their type. So Jacqueline, could you stand on up now, please? Come stand over here. She is no longer our wounded person. No, see, no, no cuts or anything. She's going to represent our second group of people. Thank you. Many of us have labels that we put on people that help us put them into categories, that help us think, oh, that we're better than them. Hmm. This person, well, <laughs> at least I'm smarter than them. Well, at least I have a nicer pair of running shoes than them. Well, at least my office is nicer than theirs. My house, well, at least I don't smell like them. At least, and we put all sorts of labels on these people that separate us and make us feel better than they are. It's okay if your stickies fall off of you. So, first of all, we have people we label because we go, well, they're different than us. Then we have people we label them because we want to actually be better than them. And in our story, Jesus talks about publicans. And in Jewish society, publican, Jews would look down on publicans because it made them feel better so come on up here, Travis. There's another group of labels that we put on people. Are you ready? It's going to be in your hair. There we go. Now, often when we think of enemies, we think more of this category than we do these two categories. That's okay. This is the category of... This person hurt me. 
This person took something that was mine. I was supposed to get that raise, not them. I was supposed to get that position, not them. I was supposed to get a higher mark on that than they did. I was supposed to stop. I was supposed to. They hurt me. They hit me. They hurt me inside. They hurt me outside. And we have labels. In the Jewish time, these were the tax collectors. They stole from me. Okay, stop, please, because I want people to hear what I'm saying, all right, instead of watching you. Is that all right? Okay. So, the tax collectors would steal from people. They represented the enemy, the, the Roman Empire. But in our lives, we have all sorts of people who we have put labels on and said, these are my enemies. And Jesus said, I want you to take these labels off. And I want you to look in a person's eyes instead of looking at what you see and say, there's a masterpiece, God's masterpiece in there. And I am going to treat this person the way God's masterpiece deserves to be treated. Here we have the people who we've tried to make them smaller than us because we wanted to make ourselves feel better, but we've put labels on them. And God says, take the labels off, look them in the eye, and look deep behind those labels that you put, and love the person, love the masterpiece that God made. Exactly. This one, this person that hurt you, God doesn't say ignore the hurt or deny that it happened. What he says is look past the labels, look past the hurt to the person that God created, that masterpiece of God's creation. And for his sake and through his strength, love that person. Jesus said, I say to you, love your neighbor and love your enemy just as the Father loves that person. And the Father loves that person as much as he loved you in sending Jesus to come and die when you had nothing worthy of Jesus to do that for you. Jesus wants us to love the person and the masterpiece that he created within, behind, maybe some brokenness, and maybe some pain. Those of you, um, life-wise, who have already got to this stage, please forgive me, but like, um, it's a hard time uh, to be me and the dad of a daughter who's about to be 10. Okay. Um, double figures, two digits, there's something in that age, all of a sudden I feel a lot older and I look at her and I go, wow, this is amazing. Her birthday is tomorrow, by the way. She'll be 10 and it's awesome. Yes. Correct. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop there because there's stuff I could say that I won't because I'll get in trouble and I want to have a relationship with her later. Um, so, all that to say, these birthdays, these years, these markers go by and we can see that she is getting older, which is awesome. 
But if we didn't have the calendar to keep track, we'd be able to see, because there's marks that she's growing. Physically, we see, the, like, we see that she is growing. Emotionally, there's maturity happening. There's less yelling and volatility, which is awesome. Right, Jacqueline? Don't tell her what volatility means, thank you. Um, the reason I mention all of this is looking at our text today, there's a phrase that Jesus says at the end that in our English Bibles says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I confess to you that when I read that in English, I give up before I even try. I know I can't get there. So it's really hard to aspire to something that we know at the beginning we're not going to get to. And this is why it's really important to remember that that word perfect is an English word. That when it was said and given down to us originally wasn't an English word, it's a Greek one. And it doesn't mean exactly perfect. It means mature. It means complete, more full. That's the sense of the word. So what Jesus is saying here is this mark of maturity, this mark of growth, this mark of fullness is not that you love your neighbors like everyone else does and ignore your enemies and don't greet the people who aren't yours. But he says more full, more complete, more mature love, the love of God is the kind of, God that, is the kind of love that loves enemies. That's what we aspire to. That's that sign, that marker of maturity that we can see. And as we come to the table, we have a great picture again of that love of God for us. I'm going to read you a passage from Romans 5. It'll be on the screen behind me. And it says this, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only, this, not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We're going to take the bread and the cup in just a second, and we're going to reflect on that love that God has for us, that though we were enemies, though we wore that label and earned it, he sent his son to take that away so that we could be reconciled to him. Let me pray. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for making us aware of the love that you have for us. And though we could never fully understand it, God, we accept that we receive it. God, we thank you for showing us your love in the sacrifice of Jesus, in sending your son for us, that while to make us your friends and your family, though we were your enemies. Thank you for not leaving us in that place. Thank you for welcoming us and for inviting us. And God, we want to take that love that you have shown us and to experience it so much that we live it out. That it would be an honest thing that flows through us. God, show us where we need to be loving people. As we take the bread, as we take the cup this morning, may we see the example of Jesus and figure out a way for that to show up in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
Dean, could you do me a favor? Can you pull up uh, one of the slides that uh, uh, Jeff asked us to put up on Romans 5? Is the second part from uh, verse 5, 9, and forward. Uh, last night, Lynn and I had an opportunity to go to the TSO uh, because I'm a real culture kind of guy. You know, I, opera, you know, the ballet, you know. No. Uh, our, our kids got us tickets for Christmas, so we got to enjoy uh, The Wizard of Oz. It was pretty cool. Um, and uh, while we we're watching it, there's a couple lines at the very end of the movie, and uh, everyone will remember it when Oz is giving out gifts to uh, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and Lion and Dorothy. And uh, they give um, the uh, Scarecrow a, a diploma. You know, they know he's smart. And they gave the Lion a badge of courage. And then they go to the Tin Man, um, and I didn't think there was a heart in there, but he says something. When I heard it, I thought it was pretty profound, but just listen to what he says. He says, the heart is not judged on how much you love, but how much you are loved by others. And I said, wow, that's cool. And I stopped a second, hold on a second, I don't know if that's altogether right. What do you think? Um, and then, but then I thought about it a little further, and I said, if you enter in the other's part, in other words, uh, love is not judged by you, how much you love, but how much you are loved by God. And I thought that now, that really fits appropriately. And um, in this verse, um, where are we? Uh, go to nine, please, the next slide. I think it is, yeah. Uh, one more. Ten. I was somewhere in there. All right. This here, uh, um, when we were reading the scriptures, and from our, from our reading, um, it, uh, it reads from uh, verse 30, 43 from Matthew 5. It says, You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And when we were thinking about this, um, there was a time that each and every one of us was an enemy of God. And no longer are we an enemy of God because for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? And that's pretty awesome uh, how it all gets put together. Jeff and I uh, did not collaborate on this, but you were, we were on the same um, wavelength together. It was really cool that this comes together. So having brought all that together, I want to bring this all back. And I want to challenge us this week and, and moving forward. Um, I want all of us to go around and Give a big hug to someone who, who needs that, all right? Someone who's in need of food. Pay it forward. Pray for one another. Where's Owen? Give surprises to one another, all right? Love this one. Shovel my driveway any day, all right? <laughs> time with your family, working in the nursery, time with friends, 
bring summer, give him food, big hug. Give Kimberly a box of chocolates. Show her, show her how much you love her. <laughs> These are all great things. And I, I think we all can be challenged, move forward, and take one of them home with you. Take a couple of them home with you. They, one or many of them, apply to us. So uh, allow me to um, pray and uh, uh, offer a blessing to you all. Uh, and the band, uh, the worship team will sing one last song. Father in heaven, uh, thank you for this time that we've uh, had together. It's been good to be in your house and with your people and surrounding your word. Lord, um, words that have said this morning and words from your uh, holy word have been taught. We pray that we can hear them, listen to them, apply them to our hearts. We pray that we take these home in our lives, whether it be at school, um, in our homes, uh, places of work, or wherever we have our lives. May we be an example of you. May we be people who love others. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.